0: This is CNN Breaking News.
1: Hello, I'm Julia Chatelain. As you've been hearing, political drama in the last half an hour. The British Prime Minister, Liz Truss, has resigned after just six weeks in office. She gave this short statement outside Downing Street.
2: I recognise, though, given the situation, I cannot deliver the mandate on which I was elected by the Conservative Party. I have therefore spoken to His Majesty the King to notify him that I am resigning as leader of the Conservative Party. This morning I met the Chairman of the 1922 Committee, Sir Graham Brady. We have agreed that there will be a leadership election to be completed within the next week. This will ensure that we remain on a path to deliver our fiscal plans and maintain our country's economic stability and national security. I will remain as Prime Minister until a successor has been chosen. Thank you.
1: Max Oster joins us now from London and Scott McLean is at Downing Street. Street. Uh, Max, will speak about it in a second, but Scott, to you first, because you're literally where the uh, political drama there unfolded in the last few moments. Um, shocking, but not surprising, I think, after the last four weeks of, of utter chaos.
3: Yeah, Julia, I think the Conservative Party had gotten to the point where they either had to rip off the Band-Aid and get a new leader or try to come to grips with the leader that they had and move forward. But it increasingly became apparent that that was not going to be possible. And it seems like Liz Truss, in her announcement today, made very clear that her leadership she realized was no longer tenable. Yesterday, it all seemed to come to a head with the resignation of the Home Secretary, Suella Braverman, who suggested in a not-so-subtle way that that Liz Truss ought to follow her out the door. And it seems like over the last few weeks, Julia, Liz Truss has tried to do everything to try to salvage her leadership. First, she tried to roll back just a small part of her economic plan. Then she fired her chancellor. Then she rolled back a much larger part, almost all of her economic plan. Um, But even that wasn't enough, despite the fact that she brought in a chancellor from the other wing of the more moderate wing of her party. She now is a new home secretary from the more moderate wing of her party. None of that seemed to matter. There were plenty of conservative MPs who were willing to or who were not willing to go along with Liz Truss anymore. And so the party is going in another direction. But, Julia, there are still a lot a lot of open questions about what comes next, who will put themselves forward for leadership and how exactly that contest will work.
1: Questions, Max. We can't escape the fact that the the backdrop here is economically challenging, it's geopolitically challenging, but much of what we've seen has been effective self-sabotage. And when you look at that statement again, I can see another hugely challenging situation for the Conservative Party here. And that's coming up with a fresh leader in just one week's time.
4: Well, I just had an email from a professor at the University of Exeter, uh, Professor Richard Toy. And his first line is, Liz Truss had a difficult hand and played it appallingly, which right. I think says it pretty well. There were these uh, global headwinds. There were There is the cost of living crisis and you know all the knock-on effects of the war in Ukraine that all countries in Europe have had to a deal with, but she accentuated all of those problems with this very disastrous budget, which you've reported on extensively, I know, in your uh, programme. And then she dealt with the crisis within the Conservative Party incredibly badly. So if she had carried on, it would have just gone from bad to worse. And you can only imagine that Graham Brady, who represents the uh, Conservative backbenchers in Parliament, went into Downing Street today and said, There is no option but for you to go. But, of course, this is a Conservative Party issue. They voted her in not very long ago based on that budget. They've now got to find, as you say, a replacement. How do they find someone who is effectively a compromise between Rishi Sunak at one end of the party and Boris Johnson at the other end of the party who can take the Conservative Party forward and the country forward? I think most of the commentary I'm seeing from serious commentators is the only option is for them, if they can find someone within a week, install them and that person to announce a general election next week to at least get some credibility back to the party. Because, you know, people are saying that the Conservative Party is dead at this point. There's nothing left to rebuild from. But of course, they're going to put off a general election, aren't they? Because it will mean that many of those backbench MPs will lose their jobs.
1: Mm. I mean, this, there's a few things here. The, the compromise, who is the compromise candidate? You've just pointed out the two extremes. And, and once again, having been ousted by the party, hounded out of Downing Street, actually, Boris Johnson, we're now feasibly talking about him coming back. And the other key word for me here is is party, not people. And the people didn't get a say in Liz Truss. And actually, the only person that they did vote into power, into position in Number 10 to make decisions for them is Boris Johnson. Do you think he's going to be willing to come back for a short period of time in order just to to call a general election? This is an utter mess.
4: Yeah, I'm sure he would. Um, The issue there is the absolutely toxic atmosphere between his camp and Rishi Sunak's camp. I mean, it utterly broke down towards the end of his premiership. It was very much confirmed after Boris Johnson left. So you won't have that Rishi Sunak side of the party involved. Unless Boris Johnson comes in and builds a Rishi Sunak cabinet, these are all the sort of things that they're going to have to be discussing. Uh, It could be seen as a a temporary government. Uh, It could be Theresa May coming in as a careholder prime minister until they head towards a general election. I don't think there are any good options here for the Conservative Party, um, but they're going to have to come up with something pretty quickly. I understand there's a 1922 backbench Conservative member of parliament committee meeting this afternoon and it's going to be really heated. I mean, the scenes last night, I have to say, uh, in parliament were totally unedifying. All discipline had broken down. People were screaming and shouting at each other and uh, backbench MPs were going on the BBC virtually in tears. So how do you rebuild within 24 hours to a situation where you throw your full support behind a new candidate?
1: Yeah, and all the while, there are British people who are virtually in tears, too, with the challenges that they face and, and actually having voted in a government that they were hoping would improve their situation. And they're too busy infighting, backbiting and, and creating scenes like last night. Scott, come in and, and just discuss that just so that our viewers understand what happened last night in the House of Commons and, and why we got to this point in the last hour or so with the situation becoming untenable, for want of a better word.
3: Yeah, precisely. So the way that MPs vote in this country, they actually call it division because MPs are divided into those who are for and those who are against a piece of legislation, and they each walk through separate doors into separate lobbies to register their vote either for or against a piece of legislation. So there was a uh, motion put forward by the Labour Party to try to protect Britain's laws, which severely restrict or, or ban fracking across the country. This trust very much wanted to roll back that laws to allow fracking in certain parts of the country. And so the Conservative Party ordered their MPs to vote with the government, to vote against this legislation, despite the fact that many people were looking at their own constituencies and thinking, my people aren't going to like this, I don't really want to vote for this. And so you had 33 Conservative MPs sitting on their hands, choosing not to vote at all, But where the chaos came from is when is outside, according to opposition lawmakers, uh, outside of the no lobby, as it's called, where uh, they say that there was bullying, there was shouting, there were some people being physically manhandled to get into that lobby to actually register their vote against the, the legislation. This is certainly not... Um, how Britain wants to show itself off to the rest of the world and that's what some of the commentary reflected afterwards and look Britain is this sort of shining light of democracy for a lot of places and this doesn't look a lot like democracy when people are being forced against their will it seems to vote um, not exactly how they want it so the speaker of the house has announced a an investigation into what happened but I think more broadly Julia the fact that the conservative party this seemed to be the final straw for the conservative party they are already deeply unpopular if a an election were to be held today they would be absolutely trounced by labor they would be they would be getting half or even less than half of what labor would rack up and i have to tell you i was just at a, a senior center in south london talking to normal people about the political crisis and about the cost of living crisis and You know, one thing that that one elderly woman told me in her late 70s was that, look, I just don't think these politicians live in the real world when we're talking about the cost of living, when we're talking about the cost of energy. And she said, look, they need to come and talk to people like us who are counting every pence and every pound that we have to make their budgets work every month. And, you know, the common thing that I heard over and over again is, look, these pensioners, people who are drawing pension from the state, they used to have enough money every month to sort of go to the grocery store and buy whatever the heck they wanted. Now they're having to be a whole heck of a lot more selective about that. And they think that the current political climate doesn't say much about what politicians think about them. And that was precisely the argument against uh, against getting rid of Liz Truss as leader. Mm-hmm. The foreign secretary said just a few days ago that, look, if we're going to spend the next few days trying to Get rid of one leader and pick a new leader it doesn 't tell the British public that we 're looking out for them. It tells them that we 're looking out for ourselves, but that 's precisely what they 've chosen to do, Julia
1: absolutely, and you had MPs saying that as well that, that the party's making choices based on its own job prospects and it is on the prospects of, of the British people. Um, Scott, I think your lady was quite diplomatic there, perhaps she should come and give it a hand as a being an MP, try her hand at being an MP. Um, Max, I want to bring you in again because I think part of the chaos yesterday was whether or not this was being considered by the party itself as a de facto confidence vote in Liz Truss as well. And it comes back to the point that you've made, which is critically important over the coming days and the sheer divisions now in this party and whether or not the decision ultimately has to be um, we actually deserve a period now in opposition and deserve to go to an election and lose it in order to sort ourselves out and work out what the party stands for and let someone else do their best for the British people.
4: Um, On that confidence vote, it was meant to be a confidence vote, um, this fracking vote. So, you know, even those against fracking were expected to vote for it. And then last minute, a minister stood at the dispatch box saying it wasn't a confidence vote, which is what caused all the chaos. Mm. And then the whips and everyone else couldn't figure out whether or not it was or not, which is why you had people being pushed around and um, pushed in a direction they didn't necessarily want to go in, because they didn't know what the rule was. And then we heard that Liz Truss abstained. So that's the chaos from last night. I just had an email, actually, Julia, from Ladbrokes, which is a betting company. And we're you know in the realms of speculation here. So I thought I'd give you the runners and riders that they have lined up for who might take over from Liz Truss. They've got Rishi Sunak uh, at the top of the list, then Penny Mordant, and then Ben Wallace, who's the defence secretary, Boris Johnson, then Kemi uh, Bardenok, and then Michael Gove. And Michael Gove's an interesting one. He's always there, isn't he? Uh, he's the one that really um, started stirring the trouble uh, up for Liz Truss at the Conservative Party conference, undermining some of her policies. Uh, I don't think he's going to be the unity candidate that everyone's looking for, but he's always there in the list. And it does look as though Rishi Sunak uh, may have a chance here if he can convince that Boris Johnson side of the party, simply because he warned that all of this was going to happen during the campaign for the leadership saying that Liz Truss's policies would have a knock-on effect for mortgage rates, for example. So he's got that credibility, economic credibility, out of all of this that may help. But I don't know how he then brings in Boris Johnson or gets Boris Johnson. Perhaps that's what Boris Johnson needs to do and step up and show his support for Rishi Sunak. But it's very hard to imagine, isn't it? Mm.
1: And Ben Wallace, of course, ruled himself out last time around, has built up great credibility, been incredibly strong in the situation in Ukraine, as has the government, whoever's been in in charge since the the war broke out as well. But perhaps he's a compromise candidate too. But um, to your point, at this stage, who knows? The Labour Party obviously stepping up and have continually said a general election is required. And the party said the same thing, I believe, on on Twitter in just the last few moments. Much to discuss. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Max, Scott, we'll leave it there for now. OK, let's get some more context on this. Joining us now, Mo Hussain, former press officer for Number 10 Downing Street. Mo, uh, great to have you with us. Your observations?
5: Well, what a tumultuous and messy few Mm. days we've seen in the UK with the third prime minister, in the space of a year, not something you'd expect to happen uh, in the UK at all. I I worked in the UK government for 10 years or so, and I can't remember a single day like this. And I think this now raises really big questions going forward, because we have a very protracted leadership contest of a week, which, again, has never happened before. There'll be various runners and riders. And in a week's time, we'll have a new... Prime Minister. But how long can this last without calls for a general election uh, increasing, which they already are? So I don't think that the turmoil and the lack of certainty is over yet.
1: Who do you think steps up, Mo? We were just talking with Max there about what the, um the brokers are saying, and they're suggesting that actually now perhaps is Rishi Sunak's time. What do you think?
5: I think that is uh, that is a likely scenario because if you look at what has happened, uh, a lot of the economic policies that we are now hearing from our new finance minister, Jeremy Hunt, are very much like the Rishi Sunak plan. The things that he warned about when there was the battle between him and Liz Truss over the summer, when he was criticising her plans, the things he said would happen as a result of her plans are pretty much happening. So he did get that right. And I think, you know, he has got the financial experience in the Treasury to uh, drive the help drive the economy forward. That is the biggest challenge facing the country. But he's also a divisive figure. He is not liked by the people who support Boris Johnson. There are quite a few of them still in Parliament. He did not win the members. And there's a question for the Conservative Party around what does this leadership uh, election actually look like? Is it just MPs? or do they somehow go back to the members, perhaps in an online version? If you go back to the members, the members are not in the same place as the MPs.
1: You know, in ordinary life, at work, there are people that you don't get on with. There are people that you don't like. There are people whose personality uh, does not agree with yours or you don't agree with. And you know what? You get on with it and you do your job. And you take a salary home as best you can. And I can't help but feel appalled for for British voters as they look at this and say, you know what, I I actually don't care if you like each other. I don't care if your personalities don't work or you disagree with each other. Make it work and come up with policies that are right and correct for the British people and don't create the kind of financial instability that has a knock-on effect and will have a knock-on effect to to the British public. Um, Are they capable of doing this or is actually the better option now for this party to go, you know what, we've messed it up and and perhaps we aren't deserving of of the mandate that we were given not so long ago uh, to make these decisions in the best interest of the country? Because right now that's not what they're doing. Are they big enough to make that decision, do you think?
5: Well, I think the jury is out on that. There are some people in the party who have come to that conclusion right. because you, you have to, uh, essentially, you have to govern from the centre ground. So what we got from Liz Trust was uh, quite a libertarian way of doing things, which actually in reality Mo, did
4: not work. I'm just going to have um, to cut in here
1: because Graham Brady, the chairman of the 1922 committee, is speaking. Let's listen in.
4: Uh, ...clearly and quickly. So well, there will not, not just be a general election, Sir Graham? There not just be a general election. How can uh, you continue uh, to keep the in the next isn't, isn't, a matter, uh, isn't a matter. Will there definitely be two candidates going forward to the membership? Uh, the uh, party's rules say there will be two candidates unless there is only one candidate. So if somebody uh, drops uh, out, this,
0: if somebody no. drops out, it could only be one? If,
4: one. if there is only one candidate, there is only one candidate. Uh, Do you, so you so
6: expect that, that to happen? I, I really can't give you no, any no, no, more detail. idea, was it to have this contest truncated to one week. Was it Liz Truss's idea or was it your proposal? I, I, think,
4: uh, I think it's a, a, a matter on which there is a pretty broad consensus. Why we'll, that thank you,
7: Sir Graham. Thank you. Be alive. That's good. The chairman there of the
1: 1922 committee, Graham Brady, not giving much detail on who and how the process of choosing, choosing the next leader of the country will be taken within the next week. Um, Challenging situation. And uh, it sounds like, quite frankly, they don't know what they're going to do. He was asked whether it was Liz Truss's idea to take it and make this decision in one week. He wouldn't answer the question. Um, As you can see, uh, relative degrees of chaos (coughs) at this moment within the Conservative Party. We're now joined by Conservative MP Tobias Elwood. Um, Let's get his take. Uh, Tobias, great to have you with us. it sounded like chaos it's been chaos for several weeks what do you make of what we've seen in the last 24 hours
0: yeah it has been extraordinary events and uh, it's not what we normally do the conservative party is no, ca- normally calm and collected we exhibit fiscal responsibility but it has been quite chaotic since the departure of boris johnson partygate you'll remember and so so forth but the mechanics in which we chose this last leadership uh, went or well, went through it for this uh, for liz truss did mean that uh, we chose somebody that wanted to take the party in a very new direction, to experiment, if you like, uh, with our economy. And that experiment did not work. And the backlash we've seen build up. We departed from the 2019 manifesto. Here we are again, now choosing a new prime minister.
1: I mean, there will be people watching this, I think, going, hang on a second. It hasn't just been a number of months. We've had The Brexit referendum. We've had the mess over trying to agree a deal with Brexit. We've had party politics and personality politics with with Boris. He was ousted. Now we've got this situation. Um, There are plenty of people, I think, that will be looking at this situation. And I think the British polls actually reflect this, that say you kind of had your chance and you've blown it, quite frankly, and now we need to go to a general election. How do you respond
0: yeah, well, let's take those into two parts. I mean, firstly, the call of a general election. We have a different system here to that in the, in the United States. We don't elect a president or prime minister. You elect a party. You elect somebody. Uh, you know, a, a party that's going to then lead the government. And it's up to the prime minister, the, the prime minister, to be selected by the membership or indeed by uh, the parliamentarians themselves. But you're right. We shouldn't be going through this process again so quickly. And you touched on something, which is the history. I think we have lost our way a little bit since uh, the that referendum back in 2016, we're not playing the role that we usually play on the international stage with the world getting more dangerous, not less. It's been very, very difficult. Indeed, we've taken our eye off the ball and we've been divided, not just as a country, but indeed as a party as well. We'll be looking for a unity candidate to check ourselves out, get ourselves sorted, provide some form of fiscal direction, but also to lead in on things like Ukraine, working with our closest ally, the United States, making sure that we can answer some of those big issues that are affecting us uh, on uh, the international stage. But right now, yes, it looks all very distracting. It looks all very ill-disciplined. And uh, we've got to draw a line.
1: You raise a great point, which is it's not actually just about the domestic situation and fighting for better situation and and conditions for the British public. It is the importance of what Great Britain used to represent, I think, on the world stage and has continued to do so as far as the war in Ukraine is concerned. But I can only think about what uh, authoritarian leaders and dictators around the world are, are thinking as they look at the, the chaos in, in the United Kingdom um, at this moment. Tobias, who is that unity candidate that you mentioned? Is it Boris?
0: Well, I, 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 it certainly won't be Boris Johnson. He will not be, uh, I don't think, for different reasons, that there, there won't be the caucus enough to support him. Our party, like many parties across the world, is divided, has its own groupings. I'm a centrist uh, member of the One Nation group. There's the, uh, the more right-wing ERG group. It's got to be somebody that's going to bring those factions all together. We, uh, I think, we actually represent ourselves best and and govern best when. Uh, we uh, represent all the strengths of our party. You go back to Margaret Thatcher, and there'll be names like uh, Ken Clark and Michael Heseltine. They're on the left of the party. And then Norman Tebbit and Nigel Lawson on the right of the party. She brought together all the big beasts, all the strengths. That's what we need to do again. But I, I, going back, if I may, to that other point, it isn't just Britain that I think has slid back a bit And watching what's going on in the international stage Uh, we're we're lacking a sense of collective purpose of what the West stands for, what we believe in, what we're willing to defend. And adversaries across the world are taking advantage of that. I would argue the tipping point, perhaps, in in global liberalism after the Second World War was when we departed from Afghanistan. And I think that was the indicator for Putin to start advancing his interests in Eastern Europe.
1: Can't argue with that. Keir Starmer leader of the opposition Labour Party, just tweeted, after 12 years of Tory failure, the British people deserve so much better than this revolving door of chaos. We need a general election now. Uh, Tough to disagree with that as well, in terms of the revolving door, Um, Tobias. You would expect the leader of the opposition to be calling?
0: Because Labour Labour lost a series of elections in those 12 years. So you you can't say that... uh, Uh, You know, we've we've lost the mandate. Uh, We've also had things like COVID to deal with. We touched on the difficult issues of Brexit. And then, of course, there's Ukraine as well. This all came about because of this economic experiment, this sort of von Hayek approach to dealing with our economy. You've sat it in the States with sort of trickle-down economics. It was never going to work. The international headwinds were too strong for Britain's uh, economy. And I'm glad we're seeing the reset being pressed on that front. But ultimately, yes, we've got to put our hand up. Another prime minister, another election is a massive distraction when we should be focusing on domestic matters and indeed international as well.
1: And they may have lost elections, but the revolving door, I guess we could focus in on the leadership and and the person who's sitting in in Number Downing Street. Can you hand on heart say that Keir Starmer would not be a better option than whoever the Conservative Party continues to, to replace or put in or replace in Number 10 Downing Street?
0: Well, let's be frank. I'm not quite sure what Keir Starmer stands for. He hasn't rolled out uh, his policies yet. Opposition parties tend not to do that until closer to uh, the general election. Don't forget, it's only quite recently that they got rid of um, uh, Jeremy Corbyn, who was very much a socialist. He wanted to leave NATO. I mean, some of the policies that were being projected at the last general election was quite dangerous uh, indeed. And he still has that drag anchor, the left of his party, uh, to deal with as well. Clearly, they're enjoying the difficulties that we're in now. We've got to shake up. We've got to provide some form of collective unity, rally around a a new prime minister and make sure that we've got an offering that will work. We've got two years to get this right. The general election isn't going to happen immediately. um, And we've got to correct this. But yes, this doesn't look good.
1: Tobias, you're making a lot of sense to me. Are you tempted to throw your hat in the ring?
0: Well, uh, very kind of you to say so. Uh, you, for me, I was in the armed forces. You don't normally try and be a general before you've been uh, a colonel. Uh, I'm still the rank of major, if you like, in my political career. I've got a little bit of experience, I think, to gain before I'm going to throw my hat in the ring. I think we're looking for somebody who stood before. I think we're for honest. So there's a few candidates that you'll be familiar with. Uh, that were part of the last process, they're the ones that we'll be looking for. We've only got a week to do this, and this is a curtailed uh, mm. contest we're going to see. So it's going to be very rapid indeed.
1: Um, to your point, the party's looking for a leader, and um, they seem hard to come by, not just in this country. Tobias, great to chat to you. Thank you. Tobias Elwood, there, you. MP. Okay, straight ahead, our continuing coverage of the resignation of UK Prime Minister Liz Truss. Welcome back and recapping our top story, the resignation of the British Prime Minister Liz Truss. Speaking in the last hour, she said she'd notified the King that she's resigning as leader of the Conservative Party. She said a leadership election will be completed in the next week to maintain economic stability and national security. Anna Stewart joins us now on this. And always interesting in these moments to take a look at financial markets, particularly in the UK, after what we've seen over the last um, few weeks. And fascinating to see that investors seem to be saying uh, next and actually compared to what we've seen Don't care what you do as long as you don't do crazy things with the economy.
8: Yeah, it's quite depressing, really, isn't it? If we Mm. look at the British pound, it uh, has been strengthened by this news, about half a percentage point higher today. Uh, But really, the big news came on Monday when Jeremy Hunt, the latest of the chancellors, essentially reversed Liz Truss's major, major plans in terms of tax cutting and spending. And I think that's what markets wanted to see. We were actually at $1.13 on Monday, so we're actually off those highs. And it's a similar story if we look for market reaction in terms of UK government bonds. And that was one of the big issues we had in the early days of the so-called mini budget that really tore shreds off of this government. So they are also similar story on Monday. We saw them uh, lower. So the 10 year had touched four and a half percent in recent weeks, the 30 year, five percent, both now below four percent. But really, the big reaction was on Monday. I question how much confidence any investor could have in the UK government right now, given the revolving door of chancellors and prime ministers. And I'm not sure who's going to believe what at this stage. I think it'll be interesting to see when we get a fuller picture on the fiscal statement, the never ending fiscal statement, the date still set for the end of October, Halloween, when we get to decide or get to see whether or not these uh, books will be balanced.
1: Yes, another perhaps inappropriate choice (laughs) of day, quite frankly. Um, Yes, the compromise candidate going to be key. And of course, that's why they're moving so quickly to find somebody to lead the party because they want to stick to that timeline. Um, Anna Stewart, thank you so much for that. All right, Southampton, more on our breaking news from the UK as Liz Truss resigns as Prime Minister.
0: This is CNN Breaking News.
1: The British Prime Minister has resigned after a chaotic six weeks in office. Liz Truss will remain in Downing Street until a successor is chosen. She delivered this statement a short while ago.
2: I came into office at a time of great economic and international instability. Families and businesses were worried about how to pay their bills. Putin's illegal war in Ukraine threatens the security of our whole continent, and our country has been held back for too long by low economic growth. I was elected by the Conservative Party with a mandate to change this. We delivered on energy bills, on cutting national insurance and we set out a vision for a low-tax, high-growth economy that would take advantage of the freedoms of Brexit. I recognise though, given the situation, I cannot deliver the mandate on which I was elected by the Conservative Party. I have therefore spoken to His Majesty the King to notify him that I am resigning as leader of the Conservative Party. This morning I met the chairman of the 1922 committee, Sir Graham Brady. We've agreed that there will be a leadership election to be completed within the next week. This will ensure that we remain on a path to deliver our fiscal plans and maintain our country's economic stability and national security. I will remain as prime minister until a successor has been chosen. Thank you.
1: The leader of the opposition Labour Party, Keir Starmer, tweeted, after 12 years of Tory failure, the British people deserve so much better than this revolving door of chaos. We need a general election now. You would expect that, of course, from the leader of the opposition and streaking ahead in recent polls. However, let me bring in Christian Armanpour now. Christian, I think the, um, the key word there is failure, and, and the failure of the British people and, and the failure of any kind of sustainability of leadership for the Conservative Party and for the, for the public.
7: Well, look, on, on every measure, whether it's the economy, I mean, Britain just left its perch as the fifth biggest economy in the in, in the G7 in the world, um, has lost that position. We haven't seen the kind of growth in Britain as we've seen in other G7 and European nations. There has not been um, actualized, the, as she said, the promise of more Freedoms from Brexit, it just hasn't happened in an economically, uh, you know, a, an economically positive way for the UK. It has not struck out any of those free trade deals, notably with the United States, uh, not even with India, which was a very central plank. Uh, not with Europe even. Uh, so those things are big issues, and what we had was. Uh, this, this sort of very closed, almost two-person mini-budget uh, that did not pass the stress test of the, you know, of all the sort of various organizations that are meant to crunch the data before it gets put into the public. And that's where this whole crisis essentially exploded, because the very minute that uh, Kwasi Kwarteng, her first chancellor, put this out, it started a whole sort of, you know, a catastrophe that has ended up where we are right now. Now, for instance, uh, you know that there is reaction coming in, certainly from fellow G7 leaders. The uh, president of France, uh, Emmanuel Macron, has said that he hopes that for the good of the world and the good of Europe, uh, that there's stability in Britain uh, very, very soon. He said on a personal level, as a colleague, I hate to see one leave. President Biden, we know the U.S. administration is watching this very, very closely. Very unusually, President Biden actually last weekend on a campaign stop in an ice cream store where he was paying for ice cream using that imagery to essentially cast severe doubt on uh, the, the, you know, Liz Truss's economic policies. Before that, he said that the idea of trickle down doesn't work. And I spoke to the head of the IMF, Kristalina Georgieva, at, at the UNGA in, uh, in, in September, three days, two or three days before the mini budget was proposed. And even then, she said, in the most diplomatic way she could, that this was simply a measure that would increase inequality and could even lead to instability and unrest on the streets. You know, that's a big, big comment, even before this budget was made popu- uh, public. And then afterwards, you know, that the IMF intervened uh, even further. Mm. So we're in a very, very tricky situation with no actual knowledge of how this so-called leadership election is going to proceed within a week, given that the one that brought Liz Truss to power took uh, about two months. It's He raised
1: so many important points in that. I mean, I believe average real wages in the UK, so that's inflation adjusted, are below where they were in 2007. And before the Brexit referendum, the UK economy was 90 percent of the size of Germany's and now it's 70 percent of the size of Germany's, which mm-hmm. just gives you a sense of, of how this, uh, this party has managed the economy over the past few years, not that it hasn't been uh, externally challenged, admittedly, as well as internally. Do you think it ends up in a general election? Christian, given all your experience of, of political turmoil outside of the United Kingdom and within, is that the only option really here?
7: Well, look. Clearly, the opposition thinks so, and it is way ahead in the polls—some thirty-plus points. Mm. But we've also heard from the leader of of uh, of, of Scotland, uh, Nicola Sturgeon. We've also heard from the Liberal Democrats, the other opposition party. But more, we've also heard from, you know, the, the the sort of usual and unusual suspects. We've heard that there is a distinct lack of democracy about this process because whether it was the leadership election, which is just a small a fraction of the electorate. It's really a, a paid up members. It's the base. And even not even they all, you know, voted for her. Many voted for her opponents in that leadership election. She got the most, but nonetheless, she didn't get the whole lot. And, um, and you know, there hasn't been a, a general election to get the people's buy-in mm. to this kind of radical economic transformation that Liz Truss, alone with Kwasi Kwarteng, we understand, um, uh, drummed up and dreamed up and presented. With apparently no thought for what markets would do and what people would think. Let's get back to the people who are saying every day, if you listen to any of the call in radios across the land, it is a deep, deep worry about mortgages. Would they have roofs over their head this coming winter? Would they be able to pay for food? Would they have to make choices between how they have their families survive? I mean, we're talking about a G7 country in the midst of of a Deep, deep problem in terms of austerity, which may come back and and a real impact on people. And on top of that, the budget actually penalised ordinary people, and actually uh, with with the taxes that they didn't then did a U turn on, actually took you know took the side of the rich, and and no, nobody really wanted it. Okay. And and you know then we had the Bank of England do what it did with its interest rates to try to balance the situation, and that has really hurt people when it comes to real life, you know, bread and butter and paying for your rent and your mortgages. And that's who
1: put them in power in the first place to, to make mm-hmm. the decisions that, that and in the mandate that they with the mandate that they were given. Um, yes, highest inflation in the G7, lowest growth. Somehow got to try and fix it. Um, Christian, always great to speak to you. Thank you Thank so you. much. Thank you. I want to bring in Richard Kress now, who I, I know was listening to that. Richard, it's, it's hard to argue. It's utter chaos. It's a mess. Um, Where do you see this headed?
6: Initially, of course, the big question is, I mean, let's just take the fact she's gone. So the number one issue is how are the Tories going to elect a new leader who will de facto then become the new Prime Minister, how are they going to do it in a week when the Tory rules uh, require complex procedures of MPs and then the membership and the one thing they want to avoid of course is the membership having to have a vote in this because the membership are the ones who made this mess in the first place in their view by electing Liz Truss so they've got to square this circle before they do anything else, um, Julia it's how do you physically elect a new leader when the existing rules don't accommodate it? They'll, do, they'll be able to do that by fudging, changing, amending mm. and just basically ignoring. So they will get that done. And then you've got who is it going to be? Safe pair of hands or um, almost certainly it will be a a big name, safe pair of hands, somebody who will, probably Rishi Sunak, who will stabilise the ship. There is no... Look, one is tempted, Julia, to think, oh, my goodness, you know, poor woman, Liz Truss, uh, who's had all this dump dump on her. But she and the Chancellor brought this upon themselves. Two and a half, three weeks ago, they introduced this mini-budget as if it was a bit of light housekeeping, a bit of accounting. Don't look here, nothing to see. It was a major shift in UK fiscal policy. And they did it without discussing it with the Cabinet, without proper discussion in, uh, in Treasury, without the Bank of England and without the OBR. So the mess that has been created is entirely one of the Prime Minister's own making.
1: I was about to say zero sympathy Richard, unfortunately, notwithstanding the dramatic issues that any leader faces, external and internal, uh, to your point, it wasn't a case of nothing to see here, don't look. It was that we're not going to let you. Look here, we're hiding it and we're going to present something that that no one's had a chance to look at. Uh, I think it's a mix of arrogance and incompetence, quite frankly. Um, I couldn't agree more with you on the challenges of coming up with someone in a week. The question is, is there really a unity candidate? And I think to your point, and I think you've already said it really, is is Rishi Sunak the only option, perhaps irrespective of who likes him and who doesn't, because... Financial markets have shown that if they don't like what you're doing, the punishment and then the punishment on the British people is severe.
6: Right. Well, first of all, I I would imagine Sunak is is by far and away uh, way up in front. But you've also got Jeremy Hunt, the new chancellor. He's already done a phenomenally good job in the market's view of creating an air of stability. Ditching her entire, most of her economic platform has given him already credibility. I don't see the outgoing Home Secretary as a major runner, but believe me, you're looking for a unity candidate, as you said, Julia, but unity now means something different. It means somebody who is acceptable to everybody who can save seats, give stability and save seats at the next election. And that's what you're really about now. This is Titanic time. Mm. The, 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 the Conservative Party is going down uh, in the polls. And now what you're really doing is trying to you know, move the deck chairs around and potentially get as many of their MPs into lifeboats for when there is a future general election. As for your general election question, since the repeal of the Fixed Terms Parliament Act, there is really only two ways that an election can now be called. One, the new prime minister goes to the king and says, I think there should be an election. Or two, uh, they they lose a a vote of confidence in the House. There is no way they can lose a vote of confidence, in a sense, because with a new leader existing MPs, Tory MPs, most certainly won't be turkeys voting for Christmas. They will want to give the new leader as long as possible to try and uh, refloat the Titanic if he can, or she can. I'm happy to
1: leave the government rearranging those deck chairs while I get the British citizens and the people into the lifeboats, Richard, at this moment, which is also what they need to focus on. Great to have you with us, as always. Richard Cress there. Thank you. We'll have more coverage after this. And welcome back. Recapping our breaking news from London. Liz Truss announcing just over an hour ago that she's resigning as UK Prime Minister, making her the UK's shortest serving head of government. She says the Conservative Party will hold a leadership election to be completed within the next week. Yes, you heard me correctly. And she will remain in office until then. Anna Stewart joins us once again. Anna, great to have you back with us. Let's just map out, as people digest what happened today, the coming days. This is a party that now has seven days by their own mandate to come up with a new leader. What are we expecting?
8: I mean, it really feels like deja vu, who is going to be the next prime minister of the UK. And the selection of candidates looking at the Conservative Party it's actually quite small, I'd say. I think we'll see familiar faces being thrown into the ring as we had last time. I think Rishi Sunak is probably a major contender. He was in many ways the exact opposite of Liz Truss. And perhaps that is what people will want to see now. Uh, There's also, of course, Jeremy Hunt. Now, he's gained a lot of confidence, particularly with the public, by taking over as chancellor and just, frankly, ripping up uh, the mini budget that caused so much trouble. Of course, at this stage, it does sound like Jeremy Hunt has ruled himself out of the job. I would suggest the major reason would be that surely he has to stay as chancellor. We can't have another chancellor (laughs) within the next couple of weeks in the ever revolving door of chances that we've had. In terms of the markets and investment, I think we really do need to see one chance to stick to the job. And we have that fiscal statement coming up on the 31st. That maybe leaves us with Penny Mordaunt as well, leader of the Commons at the moment. She ran for leadership uh, against Truss and Sunak before. She has been, uh, well, she did eventually throw her hat in with Liz Truss when she uh, stood down from the leadership contest. So it's possible we see her in there as well. What will be really hard, though, is uniting the party and instilling any confidence at this stage, because you can see the Conservative Party in some ways is a little bit tribalistic at this stage. I was speaking to a Conservative MP uh, who wanted Rishi Sunak to be the prime minister in recent weeks. And he criticised Liz Truss for selecting a cabinet when she became prime minister that was very much in her camp. And ideally, we'd see a cabinet that has representatives from all, all sort of across the spectrum of the Conservative Party. That's possibly the only way that the next government will actually see it through to the next general election, which brings me to plenty of people in the UK would like to see a general election at this stage. The UK economy is, of course, like many economies around the world, facing major challenges, And at the moment, the decisions are being made by prime ministers that the public has not voted for. And I think in any situation, you would see huge pressure on a government when people are facing a cost of living crisis that is just deepening week by week. Uh, At this stage, I think the only support they would get is from a general election.
1: I think at the stage where democracy has you manhandling people in order Mm. to make a vote, the, the time for any form of tribalism is over, but... We shall see. It's going to be an interesting few days. Anna Stewart, thank you so much for that. And our coverage of the decision by the UK Prime Minister Liz Truss to resign continues after this. Welcome back to the breaking news coverage out of London. The Liz Truss era ending less than two months after it began. The Prime Minister, Liz Truss, announcing on her 45th day in office she's resigning, making her the shortest-serving prime minister in British history. Truss was unable to regain the trust of Conservatives after the disastrous rollout of her tax-cutting plan that triggered a dramatic sell-off in UK financial assets. The big question's now, who's next as Conservative leader and whether or not a general election may be close? Stay with CNN for more of this breaking news coverage. Connect the World with Becky Anderson is up next.